Good afternoon and you're welcome along to local media this week and it's a very special uh, issue this week because A, there's only three of us here, uh, so John is here, good afternoon to good you John. Afternoon. I said I'm here, uh, unfortunately having to stand in for Jim. Pat and David and Jim are not here. But they're up in the mountains. They're, well they're, they're, they're off away but we have the best replacement that can look after the three of them. And a very appropriate Absolutely, occasion. because it is uh, coming up shortly, is International Women's Day, or I, as I am told, I can say International Women's Day, <laughs> and I'm delighted that Carol McNamara is going to run the show today. So, Carol, it's your gig, off you go. <laughs> Thank you, Lou. Gosh, what an honour to be picked as the token woman for International Women's Day, which is going to be... There is no Friday. such thing as a, there is no such thing as a token woman. No. Women won the world, we just not in the group. Of course not. But actually, I'm uh, very happy to be on the media show with you boys. And to tell you the truth, there is actually quite a lot in both the Echo and the Clare Champion in relation to how Clare women are shaping the world. It's actually, we're going to kick off with that. It's a headline on page 21 of the, um, of the champion and uh, it features, you know, uh, women who, who, who really made their, their name uh, representing various arts. Um, you have Sharon Shannon there, you have the great Susan O'Neill and uh, somebody I had never heard of, John, called um, Margaret O'Connor. And uh, she's actually uh, making waves in the world as a milliner. And um, we have our own very local milliner sure who's, 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 who has been late of this, of this station and has been very, very much, um, uh, uh, you know, locally here. This, this woman here is a Margaret O'Connor um, who has uh, trained with the likes of Philip Tracy, Noel Stewart, but she had actually designed a piece for Lady Gaga in 2013, who is very, very famous. We've heard of her, John, haven't we? We've heard of Lady Gaga. <laughs> well, that's great, yeah. She's also created, this, this really made me laugh though, she has created works worn by Kate Moss, Debbie Harry, Pink Floyd, and Finbar Fury. That really took my imagination. I really would like to see the headpiece she made for her, you yeah. know. What kind of money are we talking about, Carol? I would say, I would hope those people are paying her enormous money. Enormous money. You know, and... Uh, you grand? Oh, I would hope so. I would hope that, you know, I'm sure there's an awful lot of work in that. And I know that Philip Tracy, talking of money, when Philip Tracy made his great breakthrough, um, it was because he, Princess Diana bought something that, that he had made. He was from a Haskar. He's oh, from a Haskar. Oh, uh, Haskar? Haskar. Yeah, yeah. And she made his name when somebody like Princess Diana made it. So I imagine when you start breaking through into that kind of world, you know, and Lady Gaga has bought something, whatever, about uh, Fury Fury having bought something. Can't you, did you ever wear a hat? I did indeed. I did indeed. I love hats. Yeah. I love, love hats. I prefer the mantilla myself. The mantilla? <laughs> Which is well since we had the mantilla. Yeah. No, um, I have been so lucky to have uh, Elish McElroy 
um, design, not design, but make something for me. Oh, and, um, you know, and I wore it to, a, to my niece's wedding. And um, it's just, it's wonderful. It's, it's really wonderful to have it now. Well, um, resting in a box, I hope. Yes. To be brought out again for another special occasion. Yes. <laughs> with, with probably different accessories. I Indeed. think so. Well, you'd have to build a whole outfit around you again. You know, this is what women have to do. So, anyway, women, of course, there's a lot about women in politics as well in the papers at the moment because yeah. the council has announced training, and this is actually that's, covered. That's great. Yeah. Training to support women candidates in local yeah. elections. And I suppose, and there's a picture on the on this page, on page 20, of Claire Collar and Malloy, um, taken there a few years ago, in, in 2019, at the Count. Yeah. And I suppose we'll all be looking forward to the Count and what's going to happen in June. And uh, often, maybe, women aren't going forward, even though we have plenty of... What are the, the impediments for participation? I, I think to be realistic about it, John, whatever about uh, for the doll, right? I think for the council, yeah. and I have said this on numerous occasions, the councillors are technically a part-time job, but do it full-time. Right. And I, 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 yeah. it's a, maybe a little bit sexist, but uh, with the way that the world is today, you don't have the scenario of uh, one person that stays at home. You have two people, if there's a couple, are generally out working together. And, you know, uh, a couple may not be able to afford to sort of have one person go part-time, you know, or attempt to go part-time, to go yeah. at, at, at the council. And it takes an inordinate amount of time. And, you know, I, I've said on numerous occasions before, I think the councillors should be paid what a TD gets, or close enough to it. We should have a, about... 100 TDs that actually make legislation yeah. and let the councillors do on the ground what needs to be done because they are the people that are the closest to the, their communities. They're the people that are closest to us. They work with their county council and they should be rewarded for saying. And I don't think that the conditions currently are conducive to have a larger number of women involved at the council level. Now, I know there are gender quotas and stuff like that coming up in, in relation to, you know, the elections like that. And I think it is it 40% of women now, or, you know, 40% of the candidates ha have to be female. But just look at our own local area for the Killoo Municipal District. We are now in the start of March. We have six candidates declared, the five existing ones, and we have one female which is Fiona Levy. And uh, it's great that we have a female candidate, yeah. but I don't know are we going to get any more, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, you look at the, the, that article there, I was on page 20 as well in, in The Champion, uh, Councillor Donna McGettigan and Councillor Claire, uh, Claire Colleran Malloy. Oh, yeah. yes. And John, your favourite uh, po politician in Clare uh, is, al is also in Ennis. You know, th th they have ads in, in the paper this week. But um, it's a sad reality of life that unfortunately... Um, women, I think, find it difficult to maybe have the time or be able to afford to contribute at a council level, and it, it's it's a it's a shame on us, I think, as a, as an electorate. That's my yeah, own personal thoughts. We're sitting around the table with Carl. Uh, how would you react to what uh, um, Luke has been? 
Well, it's interesting because I met Fiona Levy last Sunday at the drama in, yeah. in, uh, in Shannon and congratulated her on her decision to stand. Yeah. And I'm really delighted she is standing. I don't believe in voting. My vote won't go to anybody because they're a woman or they're a man. I wouldn't vote on gender lines. But when I asked her why she was standing, she said, I just think there's a gap here. I really do. I, I think there's a lot of issues that aren't coming to the fore. And I said, oh, you know, uh, I was talking to her about canvassing already. Uh, you know, this is June. Does that seem like what well, she said? Well, I'm already on the ground, you know. And uh, of course, of course, it's also a party that hasn't had a um, social democrats wouldn't have had any visibility yeah. in the area before. As no, well, not not, you know? not a huge amount. We'll say Tra Tracy died, or not Tracy. Um, Tra uh, Tracy went last time around for the Social Democrats um, uh, and Fiona is going this time around so they'll have a little bit of you know a bit more name recognition on, on, on the ground but um, for a new candidate to get exposure is difficult now in fairness last week in the papers uh, there was an article we'll say about Fiona on page 13 you know the East Clare page uh, in, in the champion, which you'd say is sort of like, I'd say, uh, uh, the first bit of an awareness campaign for her to be known, to get herself out there yeah. in relation to, uh, you know, the people that are going to vote, we'll say, come, come June. And if you look through the rest of the paper, there's a, a young uh, female that is standing in uh, the Shannon area, but she's out at uh, the side. And she's been very vocal in the last few weeks. She's, I think she's 19, 20 years of age. And this is sort of great to see. But the papers and the media, and I suppose social media as well, these are the avenues that people are going to have to use to get themselves known. Like the five existing councillors that we have in the KMD here are all, they all won the last time around. You know, so the minimum that any of them are there is 10 years you know so they have name recognition you will see their pictures in the papers like you know it's a yeah. we've had we and i suppose we've had the mayor we've had the last two mayors of the county which is it's just the way that it fell in that uh, tony uh was the mayor last year and joe is the mayor this year you know and mm -hmm. that that's exposure that they're getting you know week in week out i'm sure yeah. there's, there's plenty of pictures yeah, of joe in the paper this week so yeah. Ask you, can or, uh, Carl? Can you identify as a as a woman? Can you identify? I do identify. Day? Sorry, I do identify as a woman, Charles. Identify with what Luke has been saying in relation to the, in, the inhibitions that enter into what a woman mm. I don't know if I totally agree with it being in relation to it, but I think people are either politically minded or probably not. And very often the people that go into politics are people, many of whom have an interest in the community, quite clearly somebody like Fiona Levy has already has, has, a, has a profile in the community in relation to scouts and lots of things. And sometimes it is the usual suspects that go forward. I think you would have to be prepared to give up a big section of your, of your, of your, uh, not your private life, but of your spare time. Your I think you don't have any time, yeah. Yeah. you know. And for some women, uh, that can be very, very challenging. Would you be attracted? Would I be attracted? 
Uh, I did think about it at one stage, but no, I don't think so now. I think if I'd done it, I would have done it before now. I, I think there was a time when I would have never really found a party I wanted to be in. That was probably part of it. But um, I can see that there's fantastic work that's done at council level. We would, Luke and, and, and the rest of us involved in the radio, would uh, see the intensity he mentioned that when he was introducing the topic, mm -hmm. the intensity they, that they, they bring to the actual table, these people who decide they're going to give some of their lives mm. to local politics. And of course nothing. every council or every group of people needs fresh, fresh, fresh young blood, not yeah. necessarily young, don't need that an ages thing. Of course it's good if you get cross-section <laughs> across all ages. But I mean, you know, you need, you, you just need to like shake it up a bit at yeah. times as but well. I think, I think the bigger issue you have as well is that in this era of, of social media, Sorry. Uh, I think a lot of people, male and female, are, would have second thoughts about exposing themselves to some of the vitriol that's yeah. out there. Yeah. And now the council, um, is one level. TDs are a totally different level. I think at a council level, we have said on many occasions, the majority of the voting patterns are for the person rather than for the party. You know. You mean that in lo at, local? at local level? Oh, I would say. You know, at, at, at county level, it can be different, but I think that's changing. And yeah. the vote in, in the council in you voted the county for the man last woman, year, as opposed to the yeah, yeah, that you you will vote for the individual. You know, it, it's a yeah. bit like you know, Joe Cooney has topped the poll the last few times, and there was one year Joe had the highest vote in the country. Is that right? At the election, at, you know, would say for his quote, he had like two and a half quotas. Yes. Now, Joe's quota is not all going to transfer to Fine Gael. Yeah. Joe's quota will go left, right, and centre. Yeah. And, you know, you'd have to say with Pat Hayes. Pat Hayes, I would say, a very strong candidate, has been on the Fianna Fáil side of the fence for, you know, I think we spoke to him recently, he's going for six in a row. Joe mm -hmm. is going for five in a row. So if you if you were to half predict the tea leaves at the minute, you would think Joe and Pat are probably going to be very near the top of the pole, mm -hmm. right? And that Pat's quota is also not going to stay within Fine Gael. It will go to the other three candidates yeah. that, that that are out there, you know. But look, listen, that that's a that's a an issue for for another time. But Carol, yeah. I I think uh, we say with the uh, continue the theme of the women. Uh, well, I actually, not so much continue. I think that's sort of there's lots of lots of great women featured on the on through the pages. Yes. And one of them is also a, a, great, a local great, woman. A great picture on a, page twenty two. A great 22. picture on page twenty two of the Clare Champion, under the heading of "All for the Love of Chocolate." Patricia Farrell, as we know, Trish Farrell from uh, Wild Irish Chocolate in Tumgraney, and her story has been has been featured. Uh, she moved from Dublin down to. Uh, she's originally from Ringsend, and she moved to the, uh, the Boran. And uh, she describes it in a 300-year-old tiny cottage with thick walls. She said to, she was a bit of a foodie and she said in those days it was hard enough to get really nice chocolate and she and her husband decided, well, would they give it a whirl? 
would they start making would, would they start making chocolate themselves and um, pre-celtic tiger and she is doing well we, we hope they're doing well in in Tumgraini. yeah well phil fenora's uh, loss was Tumgraini's game absolutely down here i think nearly 25 years at this yeah time. yeah and when you have visitors coming to you that's just it and you they have children very often and you're wondering, what could you do to engage them? And I don't think that Tungreni, which is, that's where Trish has her, her um, uh, chocolate factory, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think Tungreni has made the most out of attracting, as she said there, the picnic basket. You don't have to go into a restaurant. You can come and have a picnic. Mm -hmm. And could you... Uh, Imagine uh, nicer than having the aroma of chocolate wafting out. Yeah, but uh, John, I know I'm in my own family from Cork and grandnieces and nephews have been up, done the factory experience, made the chocolate in there, had a wonderful day out in Tumgrain. It was part of a, they really thought they were Willy Wonka, you know, yeah, and they, they make their own chocolate bar and it's great crack and, you know. Yeah, I, I, I would hope, John, that with the advent eventually and I say that rather ironically, of the Unish Cultural Project, mm -hmm. uh, that the council, from a tourist point of view, we will talk about Craig and Owen getting a few bob at last down the line, that they will begin to realise that there is actually tourism out in East Clare mm -hmm. and that we actually exist out here. Uh, and that with the bypass in Killaloo, that's going to be a significant driver as well. And that, of course, man says to get to Holy Island, you have to go through Tumgrain, yeah. and, and we would hope that um, things would go on. And that, I, before we move on, uh, I omitted uh, to mention that uh, it wasn't just the ladies I, I mentioned that had the rads in the papers as well. You also have Senator Roshi Garvey, Bridget Gilty, and Grace O'Sullivan. So, lest anybody think that we're uh, leaving any of the female politicians okay. in, in the county out, but. Before we leave International Women's Day, I have to say that on that page, right under Trish, Trish Farrell's yes. picture, yes. is a picture of one of my favourite people, Sheila Bubbler. And in celebration of women's voices, and that's just a great picture of, of Sheila from Scarif, who is um, a very, very popular woman. And she, it's just a lovely picture. And it's part of something that's happening next Friday night in in, um, in, Ennis, in, yeah. in Ennis as part of Inter for International Women's Day and it's Quivnev um, and Claude, the oral history archive. Yeah. And, of course, and um, I imagine Sheila must feature in that if her yeah. photo is there. And, and of course, Queen of Unclaw, ran by another good woman currently. In yes, Paris. absolutely. <laughs> so good luck to Paula, good luck with all of that and all that good yeah. work. We, of course, cannot attend because we will be at the Scarif Bay Quiz next Friday night. That's right. So there's too many things happening for International Women's Day and I have to... I, and I'd say uh, the quiz probably organised uh, by, by the SBCR Women's Committee yes. for, for that day, so... Abs absolutely. <laughs> but, okay, so we'll kind of finish on that aspect of things, but we just, you just touched there on tourism and what you might do with people yeah. if they came. And, and John, what about page one of the Echo? Bed night crisis causing strife in Clare tourism. It's continued on page 18 then afterwards. Mm. I mean, this is the reality. They're making a packet out of the daughters. 
and the reality that you have. Uh, yeah, but do you blame them, John? I don't, not at all. No, but but but, but, the, but the problem the problem with it is, and uh, you know we, we've we've alluded to it on numerous occasions here. We do not have <coughs> sufficient bed capacity to cater for tours in East Clare. But on a national level, this country, this government, are trying to flog the BJs out of Ireland as a great tourist destination, and. We have a scenario here in Clare where every night a third of our bedroom capacity is taken up, right? And that will mean that uh, the prices are higher because there's, if you have you know, a certain demand, yeah. you reduce capacity. What are the hotels going to do? Well, we can make a few more bob here. And in a way, you could argue it might be hard to blame them. But... Um, the whole the political debate with regards to how uh, people are being put up is one that we could spend hours on, and I, I don't think we should uh, concentrate yeah, on yeah. that. But I, I you have the issue, John. We spoke this time last year. The boys in Kerry weren't happy, and every tourist person in Kerry, I would designate them as a cute whore, right? Because... <laughs> Kerry does tourism better than any other country and than any other county in this country. And when they were complaining last year, they had a similar complaint in relation to lack of bed nights. And it's, a, it's when you sit back and think about it. You have a third of your bedroom capacity that's not available. So just say in Clare, say if that's a thousand bed nights a night, that's a thousand tourists who, of that thousand, probably about 950 of them, are not from Clare. They are passing through, they're on holidays, they may be related to some people in Clare. What are they doing? They're going out, spending money in the shops. They could be coming out to the chocolate factory, they could be going to the Cliffs of Moher. Yeah. They are not doing that, they're not going to the restaurants. And you see that a lot of businesses are struggling, restaurants especially around the county, because the passing, the transient tours yes is not there to the level that they previously were because we don't have the accommodation. Could I make a play for a reflection on where the business that we called the bed and breakfast, where has that gone? Uh, that isn't uh, necessarily effective. Bed and breakfast went out with the Celtic Tiger, John, because yeah, you had now. hotel accommodation yeah. that it was nearly cheaper to stay in a hotel. hotel than in a B&B, plus you had the likes of Board Falcher increasing the sort of service standards that they wanted, and it means that, you know, to get to that level, it was, a, I remember at one stage, if you wanted to have the Board Falcher sign, you had to have four rooms, you had to have emergency yeah, 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 this type of stuff. And, and for the thing of, you know, with B&Bs, the old traditional B&Bs were like a part-time hobby, mm -hmm. to a certain extent, for some people that, that ran them. But well, this is what I'm agreeing with you, and saying what I did say, uh, I think it's time for the, excuse me, the B&B culture to pull back now from the hotels that they have the opportunity to do so. But John, look, at, look around here. You have Clareville House yeah. is a and b Name me two other B&Bs in East Clare. There's one across from Clareville, isn't there? No. Clareville is Tungraney. There used to be a time when you travelled from... Be, yeah, there used to be a time when you travelled from Tungraney to Killaloo 
there were at least 13 B&Bs. Well, you had not, the lantern, not, not, not including the lantern. Look, there were 13 separate B&Bs. Yeah. Now, I don't think there's one. Look, the state supported the B&B culture by giving grants for different improvements uh, to bring up the standards that you wanted in the B&B business. But it was part of, for years, we all availed with visitors coming to to Scarlet and Dunbrae. Yeah. We availed of uh, the B&B. Mm. And, uh, I, I just, I'm just thinking, John, I'm just thinking, I, I was recently listening to your interview, Luke, with um, the producer, the director of Blackshore. Yes. And uh, it was one of the points that he made was that there was such a bed shortage. Well, but there was, yeah. really, it was difficult when they were at full um, team yeah. I mean, it's, to find it's, it's places. It's one of the reasons why they're coming back in September to shoot season two. Yeah. Is the availability they, they of... The, yeah, is that it, there will be uh, more availability of the limited supply in September yeah. rather than if they came back when they were initially supposed to, which was around this time of the year. And then to the war, of course, it had been in all these... Well, you can't see that happening anytime soon. Carl, we, okay, we, 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 need to we, we probably need to move on because our station master, wearing a different hat, uh, Jim Collins, and and Mary Flanagan, Noel Murphy, and Joe Rudd and Ritzel in, um, in Manchanan are featured on page two of the Clare Echo. I must say our boss is looking very stern. He's looking program. very stern. He's looking very schoolmastery yes, there. Yeah. Schools highlight frustration over neglectful SET model. And unfortunately, it would be probably nicer if we had um, the same man to talk to us more about this. But what is your understanding of it, John, uh, in relation to the changes in this new model and the objections? It's not, it's not clear now, in fairness. No. It's not clear in the article. Um, it's in the champion as well. But my understanding is that hours are being cut. <coughs> yeah. If, uh, if there were children who were in need of special attention, mm -hmm. you had to establish a criteria to grade that person into whatever category yeah. you felt was, was appropriate. Mm -hmm. Isn't that right? Yeah. And they, the benchmarks were in existence and they applied across the board. Mm -hmm. This is the way I'm reading it now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the end result was that the people uh, had got kind of used to somewhat to the actual operation of the benchmarks. And a letter arrives from the department with a whole new set of uh, uh, directions. And it con it's confusing, but it might be Okay. Um, so, Schools, schools were losing out in their catering for particular mm -hmm. children. That's in the yeah. But I mean, this is where we're to be handy for Jim outline exactly what is wrong with the recent communication. Well, the, ch the changes are asking, uh, are saying that the needs will be determined based on standardised testing, which doesn't begin till second class. Yeah. So that is that is a change, and that is not helpful if, as as uh, Michelle Kelly, the SET uh, teacher in Lizzie Casey, pointed out, 
everything you learn, everything everything they, they know about uh, is about uh, you know about making a difference yeah. is about early intervention, and that children could be helped as early as junior infants and senior infants and first class. So if they are waiting till they get to second, presumably they won't get any help until they're in third class. You know. So I mean. The, the needs of children, complex needs of, from dyslexia through to all sorts of issues that may um, manifest themselves and hold children back. I can see why these, the teachers in Clare are up in arms over this. It must seem very difficult for them to, uh, to just think, manage this. I think yeah. as well, the delivering of the news was sort of the typical way, you know, late on a Friday night. Uh, before the winter. Back until Tuesday. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll look and revisit it. Yeah. When we have. Uh, when the expert is back in the room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The expert back in the room. It's primary school children. Yes, it is primary school, yeah. So, on to another story, which is also about our, our, our failing services, if you like, but now again, there's quite, a, as there always is in the papers, quite a bit of stuff about our health service. And this, uh, Owen Ryan has a story on page one of the, um, of the champion with, the, uh, with the, the eating disorder crisis and how badly um, it's, uh, uh, Rwanda-based psychotherapist Tony Knowles says the number of people struggling with eating disorders is continuously rising. There's a need for a multidisciplinary approach. It is so hard to access any services Obviously, we've talked so many times on this program about CAMS and the lack of services available through that. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a horror of a condition, whether it's anorexia or whether it's bulimia. Eating disorders need intensive care. I don't mean intensive care as an ICU. I mean intensive multidisciplinary care to try and tackle the root cause of it, and to for the for the entire family, and it seems to me that we are have nothing in place really, very little in place sure. to help. Absolutely, should, yeah. should, that, should that surprise us? Yeah, are so we? It's one of the knock-on negative knock-on effects. Yeah, yeah. Of shortage of, yeah. of staff, yeah. of relevant staff. Yeah, and Owen has two very good articles there on page seven in the Champion as well. You know, we shouldn't have to fight for help. And dearth of support a major issue for struggling, yeah. for struggling parents. They're, they're well, well, well worth a read. Okay, while we're on the subject then, of course, the headlines of the Clare Champion, Clare Reps seek top-line change in hospital group. And our local deputy, Deputy McNamara, said he doesn't have full confidence in the group's executive management following the publication of a report from the Systems Analysis Review which is after the death of Shannon teenager Aoife Johnson at the hospital in December, and the also on the Hickler report on the UHL facility. Carol, could I interrupt you there? I had occasion to uh, test aspects of the health service over the last <laughs> over the last week. I can truly say that my experience with the, on the personal side was ten out of ten. Yeah. Without a shadow of mm. doubt. Okay? And sometimes uh, that difference when people discuss the health service yeah. and where it's going and all that, uh, they may confuse. Okay? What are we talking about? Yeah. 
And when you get to talking about the people who handle it, the doctors, the nurses, the porters, the, you know, superb. Yeah, and so, I, I, I hear you because I also experienced the HSC this week and I would give it 10 out of 10 too. Yeah. And I worked for them for a long time. But it, it, you, I, Bernard Gloucester, who's the CEO of uh, HSC, on page three, yes. uh, he's chief and uh, he's got a, a local, you know, came through Limerick and now it's chief of the HSC. And he has cautioned against drawing conclusions following the increasing concerns about the recent deaths of two young women there. And I, I do hear what he's saying. I, I, I actually hear what he's saying. I also hear what the people on the ground, doctors and nurses who are providing service and, and paramedics and all sorts of other physios, and it must be so demoralizing that when they, you pick up the Clare Champion on the way here, well, you may agree with this, you may agree with Michael McNamara saying perhaps the top line should change in terms of management. You may very well agree with that, but there is a there is a definite lack of morale, obviously, on people working in UHM. Yeah, but that's no different than um, what it has been for a large number of years. I I, I I don't mean to sound flippant about it. There are two recent tragedies that they have spoken about. I am surprised that there aren't a lot more because all we read about week in, week out for the last 12, 14, 15 years at this yeah. stage is overcrowding, 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 lack of funding, lack of staff. Yeah. No one that I have ever come across, with maybe one or two very small exceptions, has a problem with the actual treatment that you get once you're in there. But if you have staff, doctors, nurses, everybody, that if you have 120 people in an emergency department, it is an unfortunate fact of life if you haven't enough people to cater for that number in the first place. Yeah. Unfortunately, tragic things can occur. Yeah. And I would not be putting blame on the people on the ground that work. Yeah. The management of the whole hospital system in the Midwest has not been good for a large number of years. And we say all we are doing is paying lip service to it because how Who you, is the person that can be accountable? We, John, we talk about this every week. I agree. The opening paragraph on the, on the front page on that article by Dan uh, five Iraqis members don't, quote, don't have full confidence <laughs> in the executive management of the U.S. hospital group. Uh, after overcrowding, recently reached a new year that over and over again. A Clare Champion Health Questionnaire presented local Dáil deputies and senators with a series of written questions about the management of the group. And they included, would they vote in favour of a motion to upgrade Ennis Hospital? So you know quite well that... So it goes on uh, again, this flogging the... Well, the, there's just one point I would I would absolutely agree with Cahill Crow here, where he says he claims senior management should be on the hospital campus to manage UHL effectively. Shep, my dog, which I don't have, would know that. Moving from their office accommodation in Raheen, the actual fact that the management of the hospital are not even on campus. I'm sorry, there has to be something wrong with that. Yeah. You know, that was a good point made by him, I yeah. think. But I think... John, we're, now we're out of time for the first half of the show, but yeah. 
the political will isn't there to do anything about it. Is it not? Is it not? No. Well, Fianna Fáil, Fianna been in power for the last, since 2011. What have they done about it? Not very much. Mm-hmm. Fianna Fáil have been in power for the last six or seven years. What have they done about it? Not very much. Any of the parties. We should have candidates, independent people, for a general election. But look, to stand for the hospital. Because you'd have a candidate in Clare, you'd have a candidate in North Tip, and, a can- and candidates in Limerick. Political will is the only way this will get done. It's the potholes. Yeah, we can talk about this for year in, year out. Yeah. They don't care. I have some sympathy with the situation where, that the war put us all into. Resources that we had earmarked for internal John, usage. I'm sorry now, I'll hold you there. 2009. The war started in 2022, mm-hmm. right? We didn't have the money in 2009. No, but we'll say coming up to 18, 19, 20, 21, we weren't doing too bad, or COVID, all the rest of it. They found money for various bits and pieces. There is still money there. It is management is the issue. And responsibility totally. Totally. is the issue. We cannot blame Putin no. for, you know, no more than we can blame anything else that's happened in the world. This is... So historic yeah. with the management in UHL. Yeah. It absolutely And it is. didn't start today or yesterday. It's not helped by that, of course. Yeah. It didn't start today or yesterday. Follow on what Luke had said there about putting candidates, independents, into particular, electing them into particular positions, etc., etc., etc. They're going to come up having been elected and that. Make the way in through the gates of Dolly. Mm. And we get six candidates in. And they hold the power, balance the power. They will. They will. Mm. That's what you may hope for. That's what you hope that's for. Because that's the only way anything will get done. Yeah. Look at our recent history. Look at the Healy Rays. Yeah. Go back to the original master of it, Charlie. Tony Gregory. Charlie. The deeds that he got. Listen, we're way over time, and John, you worried about we wouldn't have enough time to talk about anything. Uh, Carol, in celebration of International Women's Day, and uh, we'll call it Women's Week, we're going to play a song by a lady to be determined, but we'll be back in a few minutes. We, would we play Girls Just Want to Have Fun? Cindy Lawton. Yes. Uh, can a man, can a man, uh, yes, a man, a man can say yeah, later on. Yeah. The violets <laughs> are scenting the woods. Oh, no, Maggie. We'll have that too. We'll have that for the end of the show. <laughs> right, we'll start with Cindy Lawford back in a few minutes. girls just want to have fun and Carol I omitted to mention uh, while we were talking about uh, all the women and ladies in the first part of the show 
that uh, the wonderful Maura O'Connor will be the, I think, the Grand Marshal of the Paddy's Day Parade in Ennis this year. So. Yes, and the, and the, I'm delighted, big fan of Maura O'Connor's anyway. And at one point, many moons ago, in the sort of mid-70s, late 70s, I got, I got mistaken for her once or twice. Of course, I didn't have a note and wasn't able to emulate her in any way. But apparently people thought I looked like her. I'm delighted to hear that she's, she's uh, the Grand Marshal of this year's Ella St. Patrick's Day and Parade. You, you mentioned Moon, right? <laughs> Moons. <laughs> moon, right. As we pass on the truth, you were at the play. Yes. Oh, yes. Just, it's just because you mentioned Moon. Then. Yeah, actually, yeah. Well, there we go. Moon, yeah, moon, oh, many moons ago. But last Sunday... Should I go to it? You should go to the play. I just want to... I just want... It's nothing to do with what's in the media page today, pages today, but I would just like to congratulate uh, Shlivakti on their previews of the show. Uh, um, same old moon. moon. I'm so sorry, same old moon. Um, which we saw on Sunday night in Mount Shannon. Yeah. Wonderful night. Um, huge congratulations to Steve Octi. I know they haven't even started on the circuit. Uh, to Shane Kelly and to all the crew and cast and everybody who's, who's uh, backstage and front stage and everything. It was just, just a wonderful, wonderful performance. And I really feel that they are going places on the circuit this year. That was one of the best plays I've seen in Yonks. Look, you know, we're living in an extraordinary part of the country. Yeah. I mean, we, we satiate ourselves on music, yeah. traditional, classical, jazz, yeah. okay? Uh, and when we, when we have, you know, overdosed on, on that, then yeah. we, we turn to camogie and uh, football. And yeah. We don't need to leave this small part of Clare, really. We, we, we do very well here. We do. Okay, and some local people, some local person has done very well too because you want to mention Stephen Walsh on page nine of The Champion. You have something to say about Stephen, another local man. Yeah. I've known Stephen for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, a great community man. From? From Fagel. Fagel, yeah. Fagel. From Fagel. Yes. Known well. Uh, has been involved in community development uh, with us down here in Scarve um, for many years. Yeah. Uh, so he's now been elected a, a chairperson of the IFA in Clare. Wow, that's great. So yeah. we'll have him on. Yeah, for, for, for sure. So congratulations. Congratulations to Stephen Walsh. And uh, is that, does that last a year or is it longer than that? Do they get elected every year? We don't know. I, I'd be guessing now. Yeah, probably it's every longer, year. Longer, hardly every year. Let's, let's bring him in one day anyway and, and talk to him on Scarif Bay. Well done, Stephen. So I suppose we're looking, as we do at this time, at the more local stories now, John and Luke. And uh, on page 13 of the Clare Champion, we have... The first headline for East Clare is Connect Cafe, making space for people with dementia. And it's a, it's a wonderful um, innovation of, uh, it's, it's in the Killaloo Ballina Community and Family Resource Centre. Most of you would know that building, as the, well, I think it was the old RSE Barracks, a very famous building in Killaloo, opposite the church. And um, it's the Killaloo, as I say, Family Resource Centre. And... What this cafe is going to be is a free supportive space for people living with or who are affected by dementia and Alzheimer's or any person with a cognitive impairment, their family and friends. Yeah. It's, it, what do you think of that as an idea, John? I 
think it's superb. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're told to keep all aspects of our body and brain and what have you alive and working. Yes, yeah. Um, I hadn't a terrible lot of time to, to read the actual... Well, it's been um, also, uh, I, I'm sure it's quite an internationally evidenced, um, uh, you know, initiative. And it's being led by an advanced nurse practitioner in dementia. So, you know, nurses, are, are, this, this is, um, the person who's leading it has, um, she did a postgraduate course in public health and she works as a public health nurse and then did her master's in dementia, you know. She's very, very specialised, and to be an advanced nurse practitioner, a great specialist in what, what's needed. And I think, apart from anything else, the isolation that both the person who may be experiencing dementia and their family members, having a place to just go, drop in, have a coffee and chat, you know, but geared towards, not necessarily, we all know, Dementia can happen, it's not always an, a, a, to do with being very elderly. It can happen to people earlier, and as Alzheimer's can. And it's, it's, it's a, you know, a psychosocial invention. It came from, I think it might have come from the UK. And uh, so there, there's one already in the Shan, in Shannon GAA. And I'm delighted to hear about this facility here. Indeed, indeed. And uh, I'm thinking myself that there is always uh, a weakening of certain elements of the of the person yes. and to get older. Of Ooh. course, yeah, absolutely. And the, you get in, in, I get intimations of it. What the heck did I go out to? Yes. Uh, what did I come in for? Yeah, what yeah. did I go out for? I know. It's important that one recognises this as a part of ageing yeah. as against uh, oh suddenly you're hit with dementia. Yeah. People may label a little slippage in memory. Yeah. May label it as or the beginning of dementia. And it is different for everybody. Oh. And we know that that you know there's things we know about dementia, which is you know that you may not remember what you went upstairs for, but by God, you can remember what uh, something your mother made for you when you were six years of age, or something that you liked, or a memory from that past. And to be with people who are on the same page as you yeah. and who may, and, and they may not be their complete story, you know, for spouses, for family members, to be able to talk to each other. Indeed. You are not, nobody is ever going to be, you know, it's terrible when you get almost classed by a diagnosis like that person <laughs> has, you know, I, I, it's just I, another thing we should live with. The, voice, the tone of the voice dropping, Yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because let's face it, we will all probably have some element of this. And I'm delighted again that these are local services which are just down the road from us. I have a lovely cup of coffee, go for a bit of a walk. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be down there someday. In a very historic building. In a very historic building. So that's 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 one great thing is that and following actually on from that, um, we see our own scarab face, Patricia Ann Moore, who's in a photograph right underneath that, under the headline on the same page, meeting next week to establish new active retirement group for Killaloo and Ballina. Can I uh, refer to that? Yes, that please do. That article, um, Carl. Yeah. Uh, community activists in the twin communities of Killaloo and Ballina are urging people aged 50 and older to get inspired 
by being actively retired. Mm -hmm. No, about that. Yeah. A public meeting to discuss the setting up of a new active retirement association in Kimaloo and Balanath will be held in the local family resource centre on Monday, March the 4th, from 11.30 to 1pm. Yes. And it will be addressed by Midwest Development Officer Eugene Phillips and may also have a speaker from an, an existing active retirement association such as Castle Connolly. Because they the article is an interesting article, isn't it? Yes, and they go on to say that I think Castle Connell active retirement are planning a trip to Salou. Sound like my kind of people, really. I to mean, to no. Salou in no, Spain. No, no, not the zoo. <laughs> Salou. I think maybe going, to the zoo I think as well. For Spain. Uh, they're going to Spain, and I suppose what what we're, what it's saying is, you know. You can be anything. These are groups where the under the auspices of the active retirement group, yeah. trips and outings and speakers yeah. and activities and perhaps go and see an art gallery or go to something. Friendships. Friendships, absolutely. And the new group will be supported by the head office in the active retirement Dublin, uh, which is one of the biggest so bigger associations for older people in Ireland. Um, you know, the one thing that really took my eye in this, though, that there is transportation is always an issue. Older people increasingly don't want to drive at night time. Yeah, this do you find that yourself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the thing is, is that a new group could organise transport for a concert at the exit at UL to help people break out of their feeling of being isolated. We know this has been a problem since COVID. And there's even an ad on the television. Have you seen that about the man that comes into the community? He he obviously went to a local community, and then he he's he's getting. You can see him. He's getting his coat on, and he's looking in the mirror, and he's unsure whether he's going to go back out there, back out to the community. So the timing of this is very good, and I would say to any of our listeners who might have an interest in it, take yourself along Monday, March the fourth, next Monday. 11.30 to 1 and find out a bit more about this if you'd like to get involved. I t there was an active retirement group in Scarif. I think there is there a step? I think you visited a few. I, I'm not sure. We did. You visited a group of them before. Oh, we did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We did. We did. Jim and myself did a, yeah. did a little chat with them. Yeah. And well, isn't, isn't this one for us anyway, for the radio station to get, you know, to yeah. follow this and up? Patricia is there looking resplendent in yes, her looks, spring dress? Yep, she looks she looks great, and no better woman to be involved in it and to drive something like that with others. So best of luck with the setting up of that. And uh, right underneath that, then we're, we're, we're there's lots of stuff about coffee shops and cafes and everything. The council give the go ahead for Mount Shannon coffee shop and roastery. Yeah, I, I think. It, it, the heading is a little bit misleading because it's um is it find my brew what's my brew that's already there it's basically they were granted retention for uh the building you know uh find my brew i think is halfway up on the main street in mount Shannon. oh it's on, for the, it's that's the right what it's for side. it's not yes. a new place no 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 it's for the existing it's for the existing uh building and to allow them to we say continue okay. continue on with the business, and it is quite popular in Mount Shannon. Uh, unfortunately, John, as we have alluded to in the past, uh, Mount Shannon uh, has suffered with a lack of shops, a lack of services. You know, the hotel closed, um, post office, and 
I know it's all, you know, people could say, well, it's only a coffee shop, but it can be more than a coffee shop, you know? And uh, we have spoken to the people that were in, in, involved with, with us previously when we were having down in Mount Shannon for the Arts Festival and uh, wished them the very best of luck. And yeah. you can look for the pink door on the main street and you, you will yes, find it. Yes, and you'll get a lovely cup of coffee there. I, I want As a coffee. Kate, we, we slip out of time and we haven't mentioned it. What I'd like to mention and refer to the reality of people withdrawing, having spent years involving themselves in sporting activities or in our other artistic activities, okay? And come the age of 16 or 17, some would say, I would say, even earlier, okay, they start dropping out. And by the time they reach 20, they are. Now, you before we started forming today, Carl, you actually uh, had some strong words to say. Yeah, that. I mean, there's a lot of talk about uh, how young girls particularly, and I understand that the age where they mostly drop out from sport is before 16. I think it might be at about 14. And I know, I think it's Anna Geary, the Camogie player, had a special programme on this on RTE, I think a, a year or two ago addressing the issues of why young girls give up um, sport. Um, and, you know, we spoke about this earlier too, Luke, about is it, is, it, is it social media? Is it the advent of the looking perfect in everything so you can't be splashed with mud? Or, you know, like, is it, is, have we, is it the image that girls want to portray and they don't want to be um, involved in team sports? It's very worrying. But you're, there are lots of, uh, of activities involving boys, mm. and wouldn't that be a natural attraction for the 14-year-old girl and the 12-year-old girl? I well, you see, what... you see, I think that that becomes quite separate quite early, unless it's something like athletics. So teams are girls' teams and boys' teams. And I think that, you know, when you see the, the you know, the, I'm sure at Hurling and Camogie, a lot of the training at very underage level is together and then it kind of go, they go their separate ways. You know, I, it's so much of this is about body image. So much of this is about, oh, well, I might look fat in the tracksuit or I might look, yeah. you know, it's we a, are it's so... Ex, it's external. It's not, I think, that people don't like sport. Mm. It's that they probably get self-conscious yeah. about it. And yeah, the I pressures that. that are on younger people, you know, with, with regards to... Uh, I, you know, we spoke about why there aren't more women involved in local politics. I think uh, the social media side of things is one of the areas that is the reason for it. I think lads, and don't, I don't wish to sound sexist about it, but lads have a thicker skin when it comes to some of that stuff. And um, I think for younger uh, girls that are involved in sport, it's a shame because if you look at the advances that have been made on a larger scale just say you know the the ireland ladies rugby team they're getting exposure the soccer team mm. or, or you know yeah. the girls soccer team first team to qualify for, for, a, world for a world cup mm. sort of shaming the boys you know i said yeah. we have to go back to the 90s to remember when yeah. the boys did anything half decent and but soccer in general worldwide soccer is like the worldwide game you look at it and you see that the Women's World Cup and you know is getting bigger and bigger and it's sort of it's not yet comparable to the men's 
but the exposure it's getting. There's a Premier League for women, a professional league for in the UK that's getting great exposure yeah. and getting great attendance, which is the big thing. And you look at the skill levels, John, you know, for any camogie match that, that is played around East Clare, it's a joy to behold compared to what the quality of the game, and I would oh, yeah. say of hurling even, yeah. was 10, 15 years ago. But not only that, I, I, uh, I have to say that with Scarafog going so well in, 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 in camogie, yeah. I mean, the pride there is in seeing a busload when they came back from their, their latest victory or whatever and seeing people out on the streets yahooing and celebrating and having such pride. Not just that, but there must be some little, girl, little girls who are out there who are 10, 12, who will look up to those as girls role as oh, role yeah. models. Yeah, and the more we models. have of them, the better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and we'll say you're talking about local role models. The Daily Sisters in Killaloo, yes. you need to look no further. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I, I said that uh, we had a great article in the paper last week for them, to, uh, we'll say, talking out for the county team. Yes. A, gr- yeah. a, a great, uh, yeah. a so great thing. So part of see. it is about role models and everything. Yeah. Let's hope we, the things will improve, that we'll get on top of this and, you know, and, and that it will improve. I think there's so many oh, opportunities. I, the, the Olympics this year, Paris, it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't and we have some amazing have athletes some in Ireland Avengers. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully we have, but listen, oh, we're not going to be able to talk about them anymore, John, because Carol, I'm going to take over for the last bit, if you don't mind. And okay. sort of thank uh, you very much for hosting the show today, John. <laughs> thanks for coming up. Uh, Jim, Jim and uh, Pat and David, hopefully we'll have them back next week and uh, yes. I can go back to the bench. But uh, you've been listening to local media this week. Uh, great, because for uh, women, Women's Week, uh, Women's International Women's Day coming up next week to have the proper lady and the proper <laughs> boss coming in telling us what to do and putting oh, us gosh. back yeah. at our seat, John. So, Karen, listen, thanks a million for... And see you all at the quiz next Friday night, everybody. Don't forget to get your table exactly. in, so, in uh, Max. I think it's only uh, a table of four for 20 euros. Yeah. So, Come uh, I think kick it off at nine o'clock. So, hopefully, yeah. you'll Thank you. Right, we'll finish up for today and we'll finish up. What was the song you wanted, John? Nora. Nora? The Nora. Nora. Johnny McAvoy, is it? Aye. Yeah. Johnny McAvoy. And it's my no. second name, so I think that's really oh, nice. Okay. Gentlemen. John, you sold it. That's it. Perfect. That's all for us this week. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you. I first said I loved only you.